What a great story it would be if uh, this gritty identity setting player gets to play his entire career with the Islanders. Kyle gets a no trade clause for his first two seasons. I'm going to die an Islander. Forgive me, Ben Hutton, for putting it like that. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome back to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 109. And I'm your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday. And boy, it is good to talk to you guys again. It's been about a month since uh, I've done a podcast here. And uh, uh, first off, let me start by saying uh, I, I hope everyone is safe and uh, and dry, mostly. I, I know it's been a crazy day of weather. Uh, recording this late into the night on uh, Wednesday, September 1st. Now a little bit past midnight, I am talking into a microphone. And like I said, it's good to speak to you. And and one of the reasons really for the, the radio silence through much of August, if you recall, is that (laughs) There there wasn't much to speak about. The free agent market opens on July 28th. And finally, on September 1st, I mean, I I know uh, the Adam Pellick deal was announced in August. Uh, You know, Adam Pellick uh, uh, coming in, you know, with a a six-year deal. And that, that was a good signing, certainly for the Islanders. But uh, on September 1st, uh, Lou Lamarillo and the Islanders announce uh, four signings. Uh, unrestricted free agents Kyle Palmieri and Casey Sezikis, and restricted free agents Anthony Beauvillier and goalie Ilya Sorokin, and they come in on various deals. And then also later in the day, uh, presumed Islander, and again, Ever since July 28th, we, we've expected, and, and, and before that, I believe he, Zach Parisi was bought out by the Minnesota Wild the last four seasons of his 13-year, $98 million deal. And as soon as that happened, sort of the dots were connected back to the Islanders because of Lou Lamarillo and uh, obviously uh, Zach Parisi's connection to the franchise through his father, his late father, J.P. Parisi, uh, the, the great Islander from uh, the mid-70s. Um, so we've sort of spent the offseason waiting for Zach Parisi's deal to be announced with the Islanders, but he did confirm on uh, September 1st, shortly after the Islanders announced all these deals, uh, Zach Parisi, uh, Mike Mike Russo, the fine reporter uh, uh, for the Minnesota Wild, works now at The Athletic. Um, Russo caught up and chatted with, with Zach Parisi and reported that Zach Parisi confirmed he had agreed to a deal with the Islanders earlier in the off season, and that he already had some Islanders gear, and he was heading to Long Island shortly, which is a good thing because training camp uh, opens in a couple of weeks here, and uh, this episode here will uh, sort of serve as a, 
a review of uh, these four deals and also a little bit of a, a glance into uh, training camp and what to expect when that opens. Again, not surprising that that Zach Parisi confirms he's coming to the Islanders, although my first thought was, and I know he said he had agreed to a deal, I was just curious, you know, what Lou Lamarillo thought of uh, Zach Parisi confirming that deal uh, to Mike Russo of The Athletic out in Minnesota before before Lamarillo put his stamp of approval on it. Or maybe, you know, uh, Zach Parisi is 37 years old and you know, he worked... He played seven seasons for the Devils under Lou Lamarillo, and uh, there's certainly a working relationship there. But I, I sort of, you know, did a a little bit of a, a a gasp there, thinking that, oh my God, you know, you think Lou would scuttle this deal just because Zach uh, uh, confirmed it rather than having uh, Lou officially announce it? But uh, I, I think that's a little uh, uh, extreme there, and just poking a little fun at Lou because, uh, you know, uh, the stories about him, you know, he'll tell people that if he sees something uh, in the press before he gets to announce it, well, then maybe that bit of news doesn't happen. Um, and then just going back, uh, I sort of uh, left you half half uh, hanging there. Adam Pellick's deal, uh, which came about on August 6th, is an eight-year deal for $46 million, which is a cap hit of $5.75 million uh, per season, and that goes through 2029. Um, and I, I, I think that that initial uh, uh, contract, and, and before that, although I, I don't think it's ever been announced, but uh, Andy Green, uh, another former Devil uh, was re-signed to a one-year deal worth uh, with a cap hit of seven hundred twenty-five thousand uh, dollars, and uh, uh, th- those two deals, I, I-, I think, kind of set up the off-season in, in that uh, these are some. You don't want to call it totally team-friendly because, you know, the Islanders did commit to Adam Pellick for eight seasons. Um, he is a top-pair defenseman, and, and you think, you know, uh, he's uh, he, he should be good through the life of the contract. But uh, uh, the cap hit, $5.75 million for a top-pair defenseman, uh, that's pretty good work by Lou Lamarillo. And I, I think that foreshadowed some of the deals that were announced, uh, again, uh, speaking to you on September 1st. And we'll we'll just run through it as a, a bit of review. Uh, Kyle Palmieri uh, acquired from the Devils on... April 7th, along with Travis Zajac, who is, is also expected to, to, to come back, and maybe his deal is announced when uh, the Islanders officially announce uh, the Zach Parisi deal. But Kyle Palmieri uh, comes in with a four-year, $20 million deal, and uh, uh, since I am such a math whiz, I know that is an annual average value of $5 million per season. And uh, I think that's exactly sort of where you thought Palmieri will come in. And uh, four years, uh, that's fair to Kyle, and that, that's also fair to the Islanders. You know, it's not a seven-year deal. Uh, Kyle, uh, I believe he's 30. So, uh, you know, you, you still get some good years out of Kyle. Here's a guy who 
uh, was born in Smithtown on Long Island and then grew up in Bergen County in uh, northern New Jersey. And, and you know, I, I know he came into the NHL with the Anaheim Ducks, but really the, the, the bulk of his career is going to be spent with what you would consider his two hometown teams, the Devils and the Islanders. And uh, uh, that's kind of cool for Kyle and that's kind of cool for the Palmieri family. Um so uh, per cap friendly uh, amongst this four-year deal with Kyle Palmieri, uh, four-year $20 million deal, Kyle gets a no-trade clause for his first two seasons and then a modified uh, no-trade clause in his last two seasons, and that uh, amounts to 16 teams that he can put on a no-trade list. And uh, going down the list further is the other unrestricted free agent who came back. And again, when, when no one was connecting these players, Kyle Palmieri, Casey Sezikis, Anthony Beauvillier, Ilya Sorokin, uh, the latter two being restricted free agents, those two did not file uh, for arbitration as Adam Pellick did. And then Adam Pellick's deal got done pretty quickly. But when, when Bo and Sorokin don't file for arbitration and there is nary a rumor connecting really uh, Kyle Palmieri or, or Casey Sezikis. I know there was some chatter uh, about the Seattle Kraken taking a run at him. Um, but when really, for, for all intents and purposes, there are there's no chatter linking Kyle Palmieri and Casey Sezikis anywhere else on, on July 28th, on July 29th, on July 30th, 31st, into August. You knew they were coming back, and uh, uh, again, on September 1st, the Islanders make that official, and, and both Kyle Palmieri and Casey Sezikis and, and Anthony Beauvillier sort of in their Zoom interviews uh, following the announcement all described kind of stress-free negotiations, all praised Lou for the work he did and uh, for feeling comfortable and uh, all said they were not really interested in, uh, you know, going anywhere else. And uh, Casey Sezikis with, with a, no clauses in the contract. So he, he does not have a no trade clause. He does not have a no movement clause. He comes in uh, with a six-year, $15 million deal. I did use the calculator for this. That's uh, $2.5 million AAV over the six seasons. And I think, again, very, very, very fair uh, to both sides. Maybe the six years is a little bit longer than uh, you might want to see uh, a guy, Casey Sezikis, again, 30, uh, you know, uh, on that side of the 30 hill. Um, you know, six years might be a little long considering the way Casey Sezikis plays, but uh, with the six years the Islanders were able to keep the AAV down to a very manageable 2.5 million. And uh, Casey was asked in a Zoom conference uh, about, you know, some of these contracts you saw other bottom six forwards getting, you know, uh, thinking of Barclay Goodrow or, or his former uh, Lightning teammate Blake Coleman, some of the numbers, and it was, you know, uh, four million you're you're looking at for those guys, and Casey said he didn't really look at that at all. Um, he he said very emphatically, uh, you know, I I asked him about 
wanting to return to the Islanders, how important that was. He said he wanted to retire an Islander. Um, Long Island is his home. And then he circled back to end his uh, media access by saying, quote unquote, he wanted to die uh, an Islander. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that's that's pretty strong. And uh, uh, look, it, chances are a uh, six-year contract, Casey Sezikis will get to uh, play out his career with the Islanders. But, you know, down the road, uh, th- this contract could be manageable if the Islanders need to get out from under it for whatever reasons, year four, five, six, something like that, you know, either through a buyout or he, he could be moved. You know, it's it's not an unmanageable number there. But for now, let's presume that Casey has has found a home for the rest of his NHL career. And what a great story it would be if uh, this gritty identity setting player gets to play his entire career with the Islanders and uh, Anthony Beauvillier comes back on a three-year $12.45 million deal. That's uh, an AAV of $4.15 million. It, it, it buys out one season of potential unrestricted free agency for Bo, but he'll still be a, a relatively young, uh, I believe 28, when he hits unrestricted free agency if he gets there. So uh, he, he should be, you know, if he continues playing as he is, and he's up to, uh, again, a $4.15 million yearly AAV, uh, you know, he could, he could play himself into a really nice, uh, next contract. And speaking of a guy who everybody expects to play into a very lucrative, lucrative, uh, next contract, goalie Ilya Sorokin is in for three years at 12 million. And like Beauvillier, that will delay unrestricted free agency, uh, by one season for Sorokin, who had a very strong, uh, rookie campaign coming over from the KHL. Uh, the Russian played on a one-year, $2 million deal. And as I mentioned on previous podcast episodes, I, you know, you're thinking that uh, his, his goalie partner, uh, Semyon Varlamov, is, still has two years left on his four-year deal at $5 million per season. And given the, the, the kind of close numbers the two had, you, you kind of felt that Sorokin was going to be closer to Varlamov's $5 million per season than not. Um, I, I think $4 million per is a pretty fair number. Now, you know, $9 million combined uh, for two goalies, that's maybe a little bit higher than some teams want to play unless you, you, you've signed, uh, you know, a Sergei Bobrovsky and then you have to squeeze in a, a backup. <laughs> or, in, in the Bob's case, uh, the Panthers uh, are still searching potentially for a number one goalie, but that's a, a, their problem uh, for another podcast. Um Sorokin, three-year, $12 million, in at $4 million. I, I think that's fair uh, for both sides. And if he continues this uh, career trajectory, he will be well above $5 million per season on his next deal when presumably he will be the unquestioned uh, number one goalie for the Islanders. He's got one more year on his deal with the Islanders than Varlamov has. Uh, three years for Sorokin versus two years left on Varlamov's deal. As far as what Parisi 
uh, will come in uh, uh, after being bought out by the Wild of his 13-year, $98 million deal. Uh, so he's got his money still coming to him. I, I would expect Parisi to be, you know, probably on a one-year deal. He's 37 years old. Uh, you know, I figure maybe he could top out around 1.5 million, uh, spitballing here, uh, judging what Lou signed other players for, uh, this off season, Parisi probably comes in at under 1.5 million, probably less. And then, uh, you know, Zajac, whenever he signs or, you know, whenever that is announced, I would expect, expect Zajac to also be on a one-year deal, you know, maybe closer to one million, something around there. But uh, excluding Parisi and excluding Zajac, the Islanders are now three point seven million over the eighty-one point five million dollar salary cap ceiling, and that uh, they, they have twenty-three players on their roster, and that's not counting again Parisi and Zajac. Um, the Islanders, of course, will be able to exceed the cap ceiling by $6 million, uh, once Johnny Boychuk returns to long-term injured reserve once the season starts. Uh, and, of course, the Islanders can exceed the cap uh, by 10% through the offseason. So all is good there. Uh, that may be why the holdup on uh, on announcing the Parisi deal and the Zajac deal, uh, filing those deals, three point seven million over the eighty one point five cap ceiling. Uh, you do the math with uh, six million uh, available via LTIR. Ultimately, uh, that that looks to me like about two point three million that the Islanders still have to go in terms of uh, doling out contracts. And uh, uh, if that's Parisi and Zajac, you can see where that's going. Um, But, 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 the Islanders still potentially, most likely, still need a left-shooting defenseman to replace Nick Lady, who was traded to the Detroit Red Wings because of uh, cap concerns. Um, right now on defense, here's what you got. You got left shooters in Adam Pellick, Andy Green, and then, you know, the other two, uh, most NHL ready right now, uh, on the, in the organization would either be Sebastian Ajo, who had a cap hit of 725,000 last season, um or Thomas Hickey. Don't forget Thomas Hickey. He's in at 1.375 million with one year left on his deal. Um again, I would not count out Thomas Hickey going into training camp. Uh w- would Lou Lamarillo like to bring in perhaps uh you know uh someone who has played more NHL hockey over the past two seasons. I I would think that's likely Uh, whether that happens. I'm not sure on the right side, you're, you're pretty well set with Ryan Pulak and Scotty Mayfield and Noah Dobson. And, uh, you know, so that, that's where the Islanders are. Um, a lot of, 
And we've seen this through Lou Lamarillo's tenure, really, with the Islanders, a lot of retaining the core. The four players announced today are, are all considered right now uh, certainly core players. Ilya Sorokin played himself into that uh, discussion last season in the first round of the playoffs. And uh, obviously Kyle Palmieri is going to be counted on for some goals and, and being paid for that. So he's certainly a core member at this point. And Casey Sezikis, uh, you know, not only is he a core player, he's almost, you know, the heart and soul of the whole team there. Uh, you know, you, you talk about Anders Lee, you talk about Josh Bailey, but you certainly put Casey Sezikis and line mates Cal Clutterbuck and Matty Martin in the, in that. And, and, and Anthony Beauvillier, uh, you know, top six forward. Um, and he's like Palmieri. He's being paid to produce and, and to score. Uh, so, you know, all core players here. And uh, Anthony Beauvillier uh, today was asked on the on the Zoom uh, about Lou Lamarillo uh, keeping this core together and some unfinished business, really, after the Islanders reached the NHL Final Four the past two seasons, two seasons losing each time to the eventual Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Anthony Beauvillier on, on on what it means uh, for for essentially the team to come back and, and get another kick at the can here. Well, I think it just means that we have the same uh, same goal in mind, same uh, same thing we want to accomplish. I mean, we we came up short in the last two years, and uh, obviously it's sad to see those two guys leave. Big part of our uh, success in the past two years, but um, I think it's just uh, it's the side of the business that we. Uh, can't really control, so we just got to move forward with uh, with that. And obviously, having uh, Casey and uh, Palms back, I mean, uh, obviously, two really good players, two guys that everyone loved in the rock, locker room. So it's uh, it's going to be uh, uh, another fun year and um, another competing year for us. And we'll be uh, uh, hopefully we'll get to our goal. And I was doodling around with this, but here is my lineup projection going into training camp. And this, again, with the assumption that Zach Parisi and Travis Zajac will be on the Islanders. So uh, just starting with the forward, well, I, I guess, you know, we'll start with the goalies because that's easy. It's That's going to be Semyon Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin. And I discussed the defense pairs. Uh, Pelik Pulak is, is going to be a thing. And I suspect that Andy Green and Noah Dobson will still be a thing. And that leaves Scott Mayfield looking for a, a, a new partner. And uh, again, Thomas Hickey is, is a candidate to fill that spot. Sebastian Ajo, you know, will probably get a chance at it. Uh, and then you're looking at, you know, guys from Bridgeport, really. Uh, and this is within the organization. Guys like Mitch Vandesampel or Parker Wotherspoon. Um, I think it's a little too much to ask Robin Sallow to jump right into the NHL uh, from the Swedish League at age 22. But that that's the lay of the land right now within the organization. And uh, I would call Thomas Hickey the leader in the clubhouse uh, amongst that group. And uh, we'll, we'll discuss a little bit later uh, as we go through some Andrew's answers, whether or not uh, Lou Lamarillo may or may not 
look again to uh, uh, to acquire a left shooting defenseman. But then uh, amongst the forwards, uh, you know, and uh, one of the best things going for the Islanders coming into the season is that a- Captain Anders Lee will be presumably back healthy. He's expected to be in training camp and be able to start the season, uh, which is which is great for for the Islanders. So how would I have, you know, Anders Lee and Matthew Barzell? And uh, again, during the playoffs, as was discussed ad infinitum, Leo Komarov was there. Uh, You you had Leo Komarov playing on a line with Matthew Barzell and Jordan Eberle, who of course is now a, uh, an original Seattle Kraken. We, we, we saw in a very small sample size, sort of a chemistry that Kyle Palmieri and Matthew Barzell had, uh, produced a couple of goals on just a couple of shifts. And again, it was, you know, Palmieri coming out after, I believe, uh, power plays. And, uh, you know, it just worked out that Palmieri was out on the ice with Barzell, but they produced in their limited time together. So, is Barry Trotz going to do that, or is this something I would like to see? But I, if I'm doodling around with the lineup, uh, the Matthew Barzell line has Anders Lee and Kyle Palmieri on the flanks, and then you go back to uh, Brock Nelson's line, which I don't expect to change. That would be with Anthony Beauvillier and Josh Bailey, and then third-line center J.G. Pajot. Uh, I, I certainly expect Zach Parisi to be on that line, and I, I believe that's where Oliver Wallstrom will start the season. Uh, and then you have the old dependable line of uh, Casey Sezikis between Matty Martin and Cal Clutterbuck. Uh, and that would leave Komarov as an extra, Travis Zajac as an extra. Don't forget uh, Richard Panic uh, acquired in that Letty deal. Uh, you've still got Ross Johnson around and of course, Kiefer Bellows, who's going to be pushing through training camp for more of a, uh, uh, more of a permanent role. Um, not a lot of spots to be had, uh, you know, uh, you don't want to lock anything in, but look, let, let's be honest, Lee Barzell, Palmieri, Beauvillier, Nelson Bailey, uh, are on the team. Pajot is on the team. Martin Sezikis Clutterbuck are on the team. So really, you know, and if Zach Parisi signs, he's on the team. And you certainly expect Oliver Wallstrom to be on the team. And I know he's going to, you know, he's still a young player. So he's he's still probably in a show-me uh, phase with Barry Trotz. But you have to believe that Wallstrom's going to be on the team. So again, you know, maybe uh, a couple of extra forward spots uh, up for battle in training camp. Um, the, the the expectations for the Islanders, uh, you know, with all these players back, uh, are, are sky high. And, and Anthony Beauvillier, you heard him talk about it, uh, about, you know, unfinished goals, uh, you know, not making it to the cup final the past two seasons. They The Islanders have been to the playoffs all three seasons under Barry Trotz. Uh, certainly, again, it, we all go into the season knowing what the goal for this team is. I mean, flat out, it's, you know, it's getting to be Stanley Cup or bust time for this franchise, really. And, of course, they're, they're moving into UBS Arena. 
at Belmont Park. Uh, the, the UBS Arena opener is scheduled for November 20th against the Calgary Flames. A little bit of historical circling around since uh, the Flames and the Islanders came into the league at the same time. Uh, Way, 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 way back in 1972. I I don't know whether that did or did not play into the uh, schedule maker's thought process. And uh, that of course, means that uh, the Islanders start the season with a a daunting 13-game road trip uh, that's spread over five weeks because the opener uh, is October 14th at Carolina. Beauvillier was asked about being on the road for that long, and you know yeah, he's he's such a positive character. I mean, he would never, you know talk down about anything, but he talked about, you know, the bonding that can go on. And he said he was looking forward to all of that, um, you know, being out on the road with his teammates and uh, and getting to bond. But still, uh, 13 games to start the season on a, on the road, that is a, uh, a long time. Can't remember whether I played the audio or not, but uh, Lou Lamarillo was asked for his thoughts when he saw the... Uh, the schedule and uh, uh, and, <laughs> and and Lou said he had to take a, a long walk around the block outside and uh, um, but 13 games and then leading into the home opener at UBS Arena on November 20th against the Calgary Flames and uh, again I told you about a little bit of a historical circling back not only did the Flames and the Islanders enter the NHL the same season. That would be uh, the 72-73 season. The Flames, of course, were the uh, the Atlanta Flames uh, back then. Um, but the 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 Flames uh, opened, and the Islanders opened their seasons playing each other on October seventh, nineteen seventy two, at Nassau Coliseum. And the Flames won that game between expansion franchises 3-2. So kind of neat that the Flames are uh, the Islanders' first opponent at UBS Arena. Again, I don't know whether or not the NHL took that into consideration, although I I, I tend to think that they probably did. Um, Casey Sezikis spoke about moving into... UBS Arena, and also his desire uh, to remain with the Islanders and to be part of what Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz are to continue being part of what's been built here uh, the past three seasons. And for Casey, obviously going back a lot further than that, but uh, Sezikis talking here about moving into a new arena and his desire to always be a New York Islander. It's definitely massive that, you know, you know, Belmont's, it's beautiful. Uh, you know, you, you, you see what they've done over, over the past um, little bit and, and you're seeing pictures, you're seeing walkthroughs. It's the, the arena itself is, is unbelievable um, to keep it on the Island, to keep it close. I think that makes a huge difference. You know, Brooklyn was, was fun. Uh, it just wasn't ideal, but, 
this is our home and, you know, this is something that, you know, you can get behind. It's something that you can be excited about. Like you said, it's the way this organization has changed. You know, guys, um, you know, wanting to stay, guys wanting to come back and play. It just shows, uh, like I said before, how close of a group we are and how much we mean to each other. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing, especially for me, uh, you know, going through this period was, you know, I didn't want to play with anybody but these guys. These guys are my family. I create a lot of friendships and, uh, friendships that will last a long, uh, like I said before, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die on Islander. Uh, that's the way to put it. And then the, the last bit of audio I want to play here is from Kyle Palmieri. Uh, a couple of quick clips here. One, uh, just Kyle Palmieri again, uh, acquired from the Devils on April 7th. And when he was acquired, he spoke about, you know, he was asked about his upcoming contract status and he really spoke about wanting to, you know, just get to know his new team and his new surroundings, even though he's very familiar with Long Island, but he was asked on Wednesday, you know, how quickly he realized that he wanted to make the Islanders more of a permanent home as he continues his NHL career? Um, I mean, it was it was pretty quick. I mean, obviously, you want to see how you fit into a team and, and kind of the role that uh, uh, you're given. But um, I, I think as I went on and, and got to know the guys and the coaching staff, and obviously, I'm pretty familiar already with, with being on Long Island, but um, it was definitely something that uh, came together pretty quickly, and uh, I'm excited to spend the next four years here. And then finally, I asked Kyle Palmieri about the subject I, I, I discussed earlier, just this this idea that for a guy who was born in Smithtown and, uh, you know, was sort of raised in Bergen County, northern New Jersey, and he's gotten... He played for the for the Devils for a long chunk there, and and now he's signed a, a four year deal with the Islanders. Just how much that means to him, uh, and to be able to really you know play for his hometown teams like this. I'm incredibly fortunate to to have a situation like this, and like you said, um, being born on Long Island and growing up mostly in Jersey, and now spending a lot of time on Long Island. Uh, it's hard to pick one, but um, I think it's it's something that, like you said, not a lot of guys get the opportunity to play um, in their hometown for any period of time during their career, and, and I've had a good chunk of it, um, and I'm just really looking forward to the future here. And uh, just before uh, getting to some Andrew's answers, just a couple of other notes I jotted down. When, when, when Zach Parisi spoke to Mike Russo of The Athletic, he, uh, he he confirmed that not only had he agreed to a deal, that, uh, you know, he's already got some of his Islanders gear and that he would be heading to Long Island shortly, which I would hope so with the training camp imminent here. But uh, beyond that, I had a, a really good conversation with Islanders Hall of Famer Dennis Podfan uh, a couple of days ago, uh, prior to all this news breaking. Um, and I was speaking to Denny. Uh, it started off, he's got a new NFT uh, collection that he uh, he's partnering, uh, uh, well, uh, him and Brian Trottier have done a couple of NFTs, and those are non-fungible tokens for those not in the know. Um, 
Denny did a couple with uh, with Brian Trottier, and Trottier did one on his own, and Podvan did one on his own, all limited edition stuff. Um, but within that conversation about NFTs, I also broke into a couple of different angles, and one of the conversations I had with Denny was about you know, how a Parisi would fit into the Islanders. And again, we've all expected Zach Parisi to be an Islander, so I didn't feel like I was going uh, way outside the base paths asking Denny Potvan about Zach Parisi, who, of course, uh, Denny Potvan, having been a teammate of uh, Zach's father, J.P. Parisi, uh, from 75 to 78 with the Islanders. And uh, uh, Denny had some interesting comments about how he's he's pretty sure Zach Parisi will be able to rejuvenate his game uh, playing for his old boss and Lou Lamarillo and, and sort of a comfort level there. And, and also, you know, as Denny said, uh, if, if Zach has any of his father's genes in him, uh, he is going to want to come to the Islanders and really prove that he still has some good play left in him uh, after being bought out by the Wild. And uh, uh, sort of similar stories. I mean, I, obviously, J.P. Parisi never had that huge mega deal. Um, but he did He did come to the Islanders from Minnesota, albeit the Minnesota North Stars at that time, not the Wild. Um J.P. Parisi was 34 when he came to the Islanders. Zach Parisi is 37. Um, and J.P. Parisi had been a, an all-star uh, with the Minnesota North Stars, but that organization sort of felt at 34 that perhaps J.P. Parisi's best days were behind him. And uh, Denny Potvin kind of, you know, mentioned how uh, J.P. Parisi came to the Islanders really wanting to prove that he could still be the player uh, that he had been in Minnesota, and he suspects that uh, Zach Parisi is going to come to the Islanders with that exact same sort of chip on his shoulder there. And uh, he uh, he said that should bode well pretty good for the uh, Islanders. And also uh with with Denny uh he was he was he was raving about JG Pajot um and of course uh Denny Podfan uh, had been a Florida Panthers uh broadcaster uh, analyst um but also uh Denny broadcast some Ottawa Senators games and uh he's been very impressed with JG Pajot through his career and uh, when, when I asked Denny Potvan about the Islanders, uh, chances or prospects going into the season, uh, two of the players he mentioned immediately was Anders Lee coming back and then just how impressed he is with J.G. Pajot. Um, and, and if you want to read, uh, what I wrote, uh, about Denny Potvan and the NFTs, and uh, the J.P. Parisi, Zach Parisi, that's all up on the Newsday Sports website. Uh, that's newsday.com backslash sports. And for all the Islanders content, including uh, back episodes of this podcast, by the way, um, you can go to newsday.com backslash Isles, I-S-L-E-S, newsday.com backslash 
aisles. Um, and with that, I'm going to turn my attention to some questions with some Andrew's Answers. It's time for your questions with Andrew's Answers. And we'll start with Michael Tricarico, who asks... Who is taking Nick Letty's spot in the Islanders lineup? Will it be filled internally by one of Hickey, Aho, or Sallow? Or do you think additional moves are coming? And uh, Mike T, obviously, uh, you know, I sort of uh, uh, backed into that question earlier through the podcast. But just to kind of, you know, kind of put a laser focus on it, uh Right now, as I said, you got to think Thomas Hickey is the leader in the clubhouse uh, to take Letty's spot in the Islanders lineup, at least to start or at least to get that first chance. But I still think that Lou Lamarillo has a move coming up here uh, to bolster his defense core. Uh, he's got two weeks until training camp. And, you know, even... Uh, I, I don't necessarily expect a deal if it does come to happen before training camp. I, I think it could happen during training camp as other teams see their needs and uh, and uh, what they could consider expendable. Um, you, you do have some trade chips for the Islanders. Uh, you know, uh, I, I mentioned Kiefer Bellows. I, I, I still think he could be a trade chip that might uh, be used to bring in, uh, you know, you're not going to bring in a $5 million a season left defenseman. Uh, you can't afford that. But, you know, a guy making around two, two and a half, um, something like that. Maybe you do that. Maybe you can get uh, someone to take on, uh, you know, Leo Komarov the last season of his deal at $3 million if and and look, you know, I, I hate to keep banging the Leo Komarov drum here. Uh, we all know how, how valuable Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello finds Leo Komarov to this organization. And they always seem to find him playing time. And there are going to be injuries this season. I know all that. But going into training camp, you tell me, where does Leo really fit in if if Palmieri's here, if Parisi's here, if Wallstrom's going to play. Um, we, you know, if if you can get something for a Leo Komarov, would it, wouldn't you want to do that? You, you still have a Richard Panic here at a, at a much cheaper price. So, and, and for that matter, presumably uh, a Travis Zajac, even though a much different kind of player than Leo Komarov, but Travis Zajac can help you out on the penalty kill. So, uh, you know, Komarov at three million per season, maybe you know you flip. Kamara, Uncle Leo, and Kiefer, and you bring in a defenseman, something like that. Um, but again, right now, you got to consider Thomas Hickey, you know, probably the leading candidate for that spot. Uh, Michael Fernandez asks, uh, is this team better than the team that opened last season? It seems the only change is Palmieri, for Eberly and subtracting Letty, um, is this team better than the team that opened last season? I would say right now, 
Well, you know, I, I was going to say no, um, just because of the minus Letty situation. But here, here's what I'm thinking. It might be better because you know exactly what you have in, in Ilya Sorokin going in. And you know he can carry the load for a longer stretch if, if something's going on with Semyon Varlamov. And that's not something you were sure of going into the season. Um, Kyle Palmieri is going to be here from, from the beginning of the season. And uh, this is no disrespect to Jordan Everly, who I, I think was a, a fine player for the Islanders um, and, and should be a fine player for the Seattle Kraken. But uh, I, I just like uh, Kyle Palmieri has a bit more grittiness to him than Jordan Everly does as a bit more of a, a nose for the net um, and and really likes agitating a little bit around the net. And I think that's going to be, you know, and again, I'm projecting him with Barzell and, and Anders Lee. I mean, I, I know Kyle Palmieri and Anders Lee both can't be parked at the net the whole time while Matthew Barzell just skates around the, uh, uh, the offensive zone. But uh, I, 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 I'm excited to see that trio uh, if that's the way it shakes out from the beginning of the season. And uh, I, I know subtracting Letty right now probably knocks the team down a little bit. But I, 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 I sort of suspect Lou will uh, address that by the time October 14th rolls around. Um, so, and uh, again, like I said, with Ilya Sorokin, knowing exactly what he is as an NHL goalie, not a KHL goalie, knowing exactly what Ilya Sorokin is as an NHL goalie, I, I, I do think this team is a little bit better than the one that opened last season. Um, John Pisano uh, asks, um, how much cap space is left, including uh, the Boychuk exemption? And uh, if I didn't mention, uh, John Pisano's got two questions. The second one is, do you believe Lou has any other moves or do you think he's done or he should do more? And I'll follow that up with a uh, another question from Thomas Boyle, who says, do you see the Islanders making a trade this month? And... Um, let me just say, you know, as I talk about trying to bring in a a left shooting defenseman, uh, I, I think it's kind of unclear who might be available as training camp progresses. Uh, again, I, I you know, as I say, I think teams are going to look at how it shakes out and, uh, uh, you know, what their needs are and, uh, you know, what they might need to acquire and what they could give up, whether it is a left shooting defenseman. But really, if you, you know, you look around, I mean, guys available now, you know, they, it, most of the, the, the defensemen uh, went somewhere uh, this offseason. You got a guy like Ben Hutton out there. I don't know if that excites anyone. Uh, forgive me, Ben Hutton, for putting it like that. Um, but, you know, a guy like that. And, you know, defensemen aren't cheap. Even a guy, uh, Dmitry Kulikov, got a two-year $4.5 million deal from the wild. So uh, uh, defensemen are not cheap. And right now, it's a, it's a seller's market uh, for sure. Um, 
as far as whether I see the Islanders making a trade this month. Let me put, I, I see the Islanders making a trade before the season opener on October 14th. I don't necessarily know that that the the trade will happen in September, but I I do believe Lou's going to make at least one more move here uh, to to bolster his defense core uh, before the puck drops on the season, and that again is October fourteenth at Carolina, and uh, we will have plenty more to talk about in subsequent episodes of Island Ice Newsdays. New York Islanders podcast between now and the start of the NHL regular season. And good to see that this season's got 82 games on the slate uh, as we try to get back as close to normal as possible and uh, excited to get back into uh, or get into UBS Arena and see games there. Uh, Again, we will... We will have plenty to talk about between now and October 14th as the Islanders go through training camp. We'll discuss roster options, cutdowns, perhaps a trade. We'll, we'll cover all that stuff. We'll get some guests on uh, all of that coming up. And uh, thank you for, uh, for listening to this. Again, I know it was uh, a month of silence. I, I appreciate everyone uh, tuning back in and your, your loyalty and, and your support. And uh, um, we're going to have a fun season here. And I, I'm going to take uh, the next four days off, you know, put a topper on getting the batteries all charged up for the season. And then we, when we come back, uh, probably get another podcast out there as we head into training camp, uh, maybe some more training camp preview stuff. But until then, uh, I appreciate you listening. Uh, I'm Andrew Gross. If you want to look me up on Twitter, um, I, I'm at A Gross Newsday. And again, all the Newsday Islanders content can be found at newsday.com backslash sports or newsday.com backslash islanders. And until the next episode of Island Ice, happy hockey, everybody.